0: What is up, everybody? It is the Make It Happen podcast with myself, Nolan Olm. Today, we have the man, the myth, the legend, Coach Peach, Greg Peach. And it is a great one. We have such a really just awesome conversation. And, you know, he talks a little bit about how he got to where he's at, his mindset, um, some of the things that he's working on now, and ultimately what's really helped him grow into being the best defensive player in the entire country at the FCS level back when he played, and now ultimately being a successful businessman with his company ProVision, which is growing and just absolutely incredible with what they're doing uh, in in young athletes' lives and really just the community in general. Now I'm going to give a little quick story before we jump in here. We were on a Zoom the other week with a former Eastern Washington player, uh, who is also a absolute legend and you know he was talking a lot about you know this guy that was staying after the lifts setting the standard being just the absolute dog leader that this university this team needed and you know he finished by telling me that that it was it was coach peach and you're gonna to listen to this interview, and he's one of the most humble guys you're gonna meet. I know he's gonna to listen to this intro and even uh, blush a little bit too. But um, what he's doing for this community and what he did while he was playing, he started a wave of leaders and inspired so many different people. And now he still is doing that. Um, and I just wanted to tell that story to make you realize, like, this is—he's a dude. He's an absolute dude, and I couldn't be more grateful to to be able to be mentored by him, learn from him, and, uh, you know, just that, that we connected. So um, I'm super excited for you guys to tune in. If you haven't already, please share, rate, review. It really helps the podcast grow. And I just want to go help as many people as I can. So share this with someone that you care about, someone that you think that would enjoy this. Um, and the video version will be posted in a couple of days. I'm excited for that, too. So thank you guys so much. Again, here he is, Coach Peach.
1: You get, like, whoever you're listening to um, on those podcasts or whoever, or, like, if you're ever doing one. Have you ever done one, like, as a, somebody interviewing you? Yeah, I've done yeah. a couple of them. Yeah, yeah, Okay, so whatever they're, like, that day, that's, they're getting Nolan and Ulm version that day. That's you at, up to that point right there. Yeah. This is you. This is not you in one week this is not you in one year. You might read a book that completely changes everything. And now you're a completely different guy. If we have that interview and you ask me those same questions, I might have way different answers. If you, but like if you were the same from that day to 15 years later, when you did a podcast, there would be, I feel like there'd be an issue, you know, for sure. Yeah. Seriously. And I think about it now. I'm like, Yeah, I've done some of these in the past, like, four or five years. And if I was going back to listen to those, I'd probably be so embarrassed. And that's good. That's how it should be. Yeah. Just like when you watch film from high school, you're probably, like, just cringe. Like, oh, my God. I was so bad. To where you are now. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. But, yeah, it was just kind of a random thought I had driving in today. Like, this interview right now will be... Completely different in if we did it again in ten years.
0: Yeah, it'd be different in three months. Yeah, absolutely. So what's the deal? With the Iron Man, like you're a savage. It took eight hours. Yeah. Holy crap! It, it shouldn't take that long. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Here's the thing: it took that long for me. My uncle did it in six hours and fifteen minutes, and he is the one that. So in June of 2022. Um, He did an Ironman, a half Ironman, 70.3. So it's a 1.2 mile swim, 56 mile bike, 13.1 mile run. Okay. And just consecutively. um, And he did it at Coeur d'Alene. You said that's a half? That's a half. (sighs) Double that for a full. (laughs) Think about that. It's hard for my mind to like process that.
0: The swim though, that's an aggressive swim. 2.4 miles if you do the full. And you
1: did the full? I did the half. 70.3, 1.2 Oh 70.3, 1.2 mile swim um, so he did he did the um, um, the half in Coeur d'Alene this last year and so obviously I went to go watch him, yeah. me and my wife and my, my parents were in town too so we all went and watched with his family and, um, and my other, my cousin his son Joseph and then his wife Brooke, they run a GCU long distance yeah okay um so they're like top athletes in the really in the world guys averaging like you know a guy can run a four minute mile type thing you know yeah so they ran it with him um my cousin did it in like five and a half hours and then brooke did it in i think six hours and then my uncle did it in six hours and 50 minutes but like was like med tent IV. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jeez. just absolutely wrecked himself. Yeah. He was 47. And I was like, and we all went out to dinner that night. And he was pretty emotional about it because it was like, like what an experience. And um, he had lost like 40 pounds to get to that point yeah. and to finish it. And it was like, it was one of the coolest things, honestly, I've ever seen. And even just standing at the finish line, watching people come through is incredible. Because people are, there's some like 70, 80 year olds. There's some um, people that are maybe like 300 plus that are just so mentally tough and are able to like push through and do that, uh, which is crazy to me. But so I'm just like, oh, that's got to be the last one he ever does. Like that was brutal. He texts me like three weeks later. He's like, I'm doing the Palm Springs half in December. You want to do it with me? And I was like, I'm just like there's something to this if three weeks after he was in the med tent like couldn't barely walk is ready for the next one so I had no choice I'm like dude I gotta do it I have to <laughs> so I I trained for like three and a half months um and then did it so unprepared I needed like six months seven months easily maybe a year yeah uh, so unprepared. I've never done any distance stuff before. Everything has been, you know, hit workouts and, yeah. you know, VO2, just all about, like, high-intensity and yeah. um, football-type sprint workouts. Uh, yeah, anaerobic stuff. Yep. So I went in, and the uh, I was telling Brian about this after uh, my uncle. I was like, honestly, I didn't even feel that nervous about it. I was just like looking around. I'm like, yeah, I can, I'm going to do this. Like if these guys are, if these guys are finishing. I'm going to finish. Yeah. And then about 400 meters into the swim, I look, I kind of just look back as I'm swimming and my calves started to cramp a little bit. And I'm like, Oh fuck. This is like, I got to do this. I, like, I have no choice. Yeah. I'm in the water right now. Like I got to, I have to, it's wow. either like, I'm either going to be like flailing around, waving for lifeguards or I just got to go Yeah, and swimming through cramps and, uh, you know, like the water was cold. So you're like heartbeats going and you're like trying to catch your breath because you gotta, you know, you're going, you're swimming, man. It's 50, it was like 56 degree water. Um, and you go straight to survival mode. Like you've no choice, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, and I realized quickly that I was not prepared for this, like physically, not. So then it went straight to just mental, like, you know, I'm like, all these people are here. We just flew down to Palm Springs. I just paid 500 bucks for this race type thing,
0: you know. Wow, it got real. yeah, like it's
1: like I'm finishing this shit. There's no other way. And so <laughs> get through, get to the bike.
0: Yeah, I'm sure once you finish that swim though, you when I finish the good. swim, I'm
1: like, oh my god, I feel great. And then I get 25 miles into the bike and I'm like, fuck this. Like, I'm never doing this again. This is insane. My ass is like killing me from this seat. My, I use my cousin's bike, this small ass seat. I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. I got yeah. 30 more miles of this. And then you just keep going. And finally, when I got off the bike was like the moment where I'm like, I know I can run 13 miles. I, I just can do it. Yeah. I can get that done. And um, I just got a ache mile five. I had to take a shit after like mile seven, and you're just kind of like you're just going <laughs> doing this little old man shuffle to just keep moving. And after finishing, this is the craziest thing. Throughout the whole race, in my mind, I'm like, I'm not doing this again. Yeah, like ever. And then I finish. I'm with my uncle. It's a really just an incredible experience. He, he broke, he did it in six hours and 15 minutes. He took 35 minutes off his time. I am so juiced for him. Uh, we go out to dinner and we go out, we go to the hot tub afterwards and um, we're just talking and, and he's like, let's go down the list of the like first for you. First time ever in that wetsuit. First time swimming in a lake. I was just doing pool swims, you know. Uh, oh, first wow, time on that really, bike. Wow. First time in those shoes. I had to switch my shoes uh, for the bike because I uh, I left my other ones at the other transition point. So like all these firsts, and and I was like, damn, that was a lot. And then two weeks later, I message him. I'm like, when's the next one? For real. And now I'm just kind of I'm. I'm going to I'm do it better this time. I'm doing, like, a half marathon. I'm going to do a little mini triathlon, like a sprint. Um, and then I'm going to do the Coeur in 2024, the half. Okay. So, but, yeah, dude. Absolutely incredible experience. I totally recommend it to you if you ever, when you're, I would wait till you're done playing football. Yeah. Uh, there's no point in it. It's not going to help you with football. Um, as far as, like, long-distance stuff, you don't need it. Yeah. But... Um, but mentally, that's something I've had to do is try and keep challenging myself mentally yeah, um, and physically because that's what you lose when you're done with the game. There's n- nothing like the locker room after a win w- is what I've noticed. Or nothing like getting a sack in front of you know 60,000 people and solely just <laughs> eyes on you <sighs> with the roar. It's like that jolt of like... You know, it's like a drug, and it's for 10 seconds, and then it's like, all right, let's go get another one. Let's work for weeks and months, maybe, and years to get that feeling again or whatever. And when you lose that, there's not a lot that you can, you know, that you're going to find to to replace that. So you find find other ways to do it, and that, that was one. That was super cool. I was afterwards it was like you have that feeling of like damn you worked hard for something and accomplished it but then you're like i i look at it like that one will be the one 10 years from now i was like god it's so embarrassing <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah like we were talking about with film it's the same thing yeah god i can't believe it took me over eight hours to do that
0: <laughs> you know well i saw the video of you coming across the finish line and i was like just looking at the shape you were in and i was like I don't know if I I would have to train. I mean, the fact you didn't do any open water, though, like you're really ballsy
1: for that. That was dumb. Yeah. But um, my uncle weighs the same. He's 6'4", 225. I came in at 6'3", 225. And I was like a way different 225 than he was. Like, you know, because I've been lifting my whole life. And he's he's not as, um, you know, he's older, too. And uh, he worked me like he's he did his swim in 33 minutes he did the bike in 245 like he just killed it absolutely killed it and um it just kind of shows you like it, with that iron man with that venue and like it doesn't matter what you look like that doesn't mean anything it's you know the training reveals itself like right away in there and that and he's been training like, he's got a good year of training, and it absolutely showed. Yeah. And mine got exposed bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's
0: hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's, so much, it's funny. I was just talking to the guys yesterday, and I was saying, you know, I've gotten to the point where before, like you were saying, you know, like, such tunnel vision, and I was willing to freaking do anything, be alone. And I still am, but I told them, I said, you know i some one of the things I look forward to the most is just coming in and like working out with you guys like and I told him I was like, it makes sense why some guys struggle after obviously like the that like feeling of being at the top, but also like guys don't have that anymore to like like I'm going with the boys and we're growing and we're working for a compelling future, you know and mm-hmm. unless you find that in other ways like you're saying that's why I love, and i I don't know if you're in this sort of stuff but, like the extreme hot cold, like the sauna mm-hmm. and all this like that's like i was saying i'm going to the lake here and i'm gonna go to like sweden or whatever those places are where it's like 200 degrees sauna right into the cold but i love that and even just like watching the surfers do we'll do like brick workouts in the pool on our rest days so we just go to the bottom and walk on the bottom of the floor with the bricks and like jump up get air but like any sort of way like you're saying i can find to get uncomfortable Like and especially in the sauna if you're in a 200 degree sauna you go for like 30 minutes It's probably one of the worst pains ever feel like in your life Like we were in there and I hadn't felt that and you know, it's just like a whole you're in a whole other universe and Like almost passing out feeling like I'm gonna throw up just by sitting in a hot room Like it's a crazy thing But you get out of there and it's the best feeling ever because you didn't check the time and you just went, you know And that's like that's the coolest thing about all that stuff
1: I love it. That's what Tony Robbins says: get out of your mind, get into your body. Like when you're in that, you know, when you're or when you're looking for that thing, or you're um, in kind a of funk, or you know something. Yeah. You know, we're just mind block, and you just get into your body, and it unlocks and unleashes things. Yeah. So I love that shit. That's great.
0: Well, I mean, clearly, if you did the Iron Man, I was like, and I just was looking at the clock for a second. I was, like in my head, I was like. Eight minutes there's no eight minute race I was like yeah. whoa eight hours <laughs> and you know it's
1: staggered so some people start you know right away some people wait the, the 20 30 minutes or whatever yeah so it's not a big I pack in water was like 820 um, but you notice that you look at it it was funny because I got some shit from some of my buddies because this like older lady some sprinting in front yeah. like, takes the lead on it and I'm just like you go ahead <laughs> <laughs> I literally was back with her. Well, was, we were, got to a point, it was like, we're probably like a tenth of a mile away and we're getting close and I um, I was kind of getting to that point where it's like, do you pass or do you, and then I saw her like family there, so I'm, I just kind of like tapered off like, you go, you go take it, you know, have, have the moment, like, how freaking cool is that? This lady was probably in her 40s um, and like, you know, she just went for eight plus hours straight you know grind right from the start it's a grind and so impressive it was very impressive from all different types of people you know like that moment for her might have been my moment on the football field because the the iron man was not even it's not close to what it's like on the field or um the feeling in the locker room like that's different than anything i think i'll ever experience minus having a child obviously yeah um but there are moments that are like similar that to those points, you know, like when I got married was a, a, a day where I remember I standing on there. It was funny cause me and my wife, we'd been together for almost three years, lived together for a couple of years. You think like, yeah, this is, but even just standing there, I'm like, you know, I'm heart beating kind of like shaking, like, wow, this is a moment, you know, you don't have very many of those, um, just in life in general. But in football, you get, especially when you get to play till you're thirty, you have, you almost get like uh, spoiled, because you get, you put in all this work, and there's at some point there's a reward for it, you know. Whether that be in practice, whether that be in a game, um, in the locker room, like there's a reward, where, and it feels freaking great, and then when it's done, it's like damn, I, you got spoiled, <laughs> you know? Because yeah. now it's hard to find that interesting
0: yeah okay so let's talk a little bit about like provision and this is one thing i was thinking about coming in here like because so i followed i've listened to an old podcast and uh before i even came here i knew who you were because so i looked up like eastern legends and just wanted to like hear from you guys and stuff and uh you know you were a ups driver for a little bit you coached at a high school for a little bit right when you were done playing so like what was kind of that journey and, and was provision always something that you kind of wanted to create um, and, and was like doing UPS, were you kind of like building up the the capital to be able to start something like this or like kind of just talk to me about that. I'm really interested to hear the story behind that. Yeah, so I guess when I was done, I was, I'll just start when I was done playing in the CFL.
1: So I, um, I kind of knew that uh, my time was coming. I had a, my last year uh, wasn't great and I had surgery on my knee. So... I, w- I felt like, all right, I'm probably going to get cut and I know I won't get re-signed for even close to the amount of money I was making. Um, and with, with pro ball, like you have to, uh, you have to weigh out, like, is it, you know, as much fun as it is, it's still taking a toll on your body and probably years off your life. So you do have to look at the monetary, like, all right, is this worth like putting my life, you know, out there? Cause really that's what it is. And we just saw that last week. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, it it was to that point where it's like, all right, I, I got to start thinking about moving on. Um, so I, I actually started working as a, just a seasonal helper at UPS before I was even cut. Um, Interesting. just to make okay. some, yeah, just cause I wanted to kind of start figuring out like where I was going to go. Yeah. And I had a, you know, business management degree. Um, so I was looking at like, and I heard some good things about UPS and there was one, um, there's a, a couple of them in the area, so I thought, okay, maybe I can get in and be a manager there or something. So, got in there, um, and then right about the time, uh, or right before I went driving, I had uh, got into high school coaching um, at Mead High School Okay. locally. My brother-in-law was playing his senior year, playing defensive line, and um, so I really wanted to coach him, and he really wanted me to, to do it as well, so... Like okay, I'll, cool. I'll do this uh for you and um and you know I knew that I was gonna like it too, so did that um and it was awesome, so fun uh it was great to hang out with him and and just watch him get better and progress and, and I met some other you know some other guys in that D-line room that I still talk with um uh, one of them's uh a very close friend of mine, you know that was a senior you know when I was there, so it was kind of it's yeah. cool that um, uh, those experiences. And then, but, and then that's how I actually met, um, Coach Bruce. He came in as the DB's coach, uh, because his, um, his brother Jackson was a player there as well. So he wanted to coach his brother and, um, that's where we, we met. Um, and so then right about that time, uh, a driver position opened up, And I was kind of looking at it like, well, I want to be, you know, supervisor. And, but they were like, if you get this driver position, like you'll make just as much as a supervisor, but you'll be able to get into a role in management way easier with that experience. Yeah. Because that's kind of like at UPS, it's like driver is the, the top of as being as far as like in labor and being part of the union that's like the top position yeah um pay scale and all that and then when you get into management obviously you can go up in different ways but um so then i got into that i had to stop coaching high school ball but i absolutely loved working with the kids like it was so fun and um so me and bruce and uh dario romero another I mean, Eastern legend, Hall of Famer, played 10 years, uh, NFL, CFL. I had met him in Edmonton uh, when I, my rookie, my rookie year, my first two years. He, so after my uh, rookie year there, he invited me to come down and train with him. This is back in 2010. And um, so I trained with him in the off season, like learned how to train. I didn't really know how to train yet. That's how I learned. Um, his wife introduced me to my wife, who I'm married to now. Um, it was just like a whole wow. thing. that's kind of a side story, but anyway, back to um, starting provision. Us three, uh, J. C. Sherrett, um another Eastern guy, Luke Fritz, and um, yeah, we uh, Jake Hoffman, yeah, another Eastern guy. And we all, um, yeah, we started this thing. We've had multiple, multiple coaches that have come in and out, just depending on if you know they're living in Spokane, if their job's letting them do it. But um, yeah, that was kind of the guys that, where we started this and were able to reach not just one team, but every kid, yeah. you know? And that's, that's the coolest part about it, is even right, you know, in the past, we've had kids from Lewiston Two-hour drive. Yeah, uh, Wenatchee. It's a three and a half-hour drive. We have kids now from Montana. Three-hour drive. Um, you know Priest River. Just like everywhere um, that are coming to get this work and and learn from guys that have done it and um, and really like the football part of it is is cool, but that's not even that's not really what it's about. You know, yeah. it's about um, everything pretty much other than that. It's about like building leaders and 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 just showing them what they're capable of and and showing them that the things you're learning and doing like to get better on the football field that's how you get better at other avenues in your life. You know, like being consistent and and you know being disciplined and um and you know we really just try and teach that aspect of it. You know, more importantly, and let them know that and understand that um, because I think that gets lost maybe sometimes in, in high school programs. But um, yeah, so that's kind of, that's how it started. It was about 12 kids. And, um, you know, now we just had a practice yesterday, there's, you know, over 80 kids there. And um, it's just been, it's been awesome. So that's, that's how that started. And uh, honestly, it's, I've, throughout like with the UPS, Driving kind of gave me the the opportunity to do uh provision and u p s because I had um, full control of my day. you know the harder I worked, the faster I got done, and I get to practice um recently i I switched to a supervisor role uh, where I work in the mornings and I'm done um, you know around noon or one p m and I can uh, go straight to Uh, provision and I have that you know whole afternoon and evening window Um, and then eventually you know it'll just be provision so that's awesome yeah that's kind of how it's how it's gone over the last six years I guess yeah yeah
0: that's really really cool I'm just really excited to see you guys grow I think it's going to be huge and even I just there there wasn't much else that I heard of in the in the Spokane area, so it'll be exciting, especially once your seven on seven team is gonna start to compete and mm-hmm. seeing you guys win a ton too. I think it's awesome. Yeah, and even what you said earlier when you were like there's stuff that I don't wanna do and I just was reading this thing the other day and it was this guy was like every single week I write down everything I do and then I go grab a highlighter, a red one and an orange one. And the red one I do for things I hate, and the orange one I do for, like, things that I can get other people to do. And he's like, and my goal is just pay people to do those things. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. That's, it's, I mean,
1: that's, that's the whole thing. Like, my day, like, I want to get, the reason I want to get out of UPS, is not because I don't like, like, my supervisor job, it's freaking great. I love it. Like, it's fun. I like the people there uh, and everything. But... It's not how I want to be spending my first like six hours of the day, you know, like, yeah. I want to be completely so intentional with the first, like where I'm waking up, I'm meditating, I'm reading, I'm journaling, I'm working out, like I, these are my day, I yeah. start it. I really start doing any sort of work around like noon, mm. you know what I'm saying, like, where I'm planning and, you know, getting things done for the future, yeah, and, the important stuff, and then working with kids for a couple hours. I'm saying like that's that's where my day is needs to get to so every move I make has got to be is this going to get me to that day yeah you know wow Our because our time like literally doing you know eight hours of that type of work and if you were getting to a point where you were working two hours uh, a day or um you know, by your own choice. And that makes your entire money for the year. You know what I'm saying? Like you can do that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's just,
1: how are you, you know, those steps
0: towards it? Is it going to take more of
1: your time to do it
0: or less? Yeah. No, um, yeah I'm a fan I'm, of the less. <laughs> me too. I'm on the same, like, and that's what I've realized. Like, well, obviously time is the most valuable thing, but I really started to be like, okay, I need to increase my skills because if I have more skills, I can create value for the people. And if I can create value for other people, then I can make more money. Mm-hmm. And then I can make more money to pay people to do the things that I don't want to do. Because I just want to do what I do best and then pay everyone to do the rest. Like, that's really it. And, yes. Um,
1: yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And you're,
1: you're definitely getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. <Yeah. laughs> no, I'm sorry. I am. <laughs> there you go. I am.
0: Wow. See, it's funny. Usually, that's crazy because we'll catch each other like me and Trey or the guys that are around and you just caught yourself like oh man if you played with us or if we played with you it would have been
1: dangerous <laughs> but I'm telling you this bro I didn't know any of this type of stuff about like how you speak how you think like yeah. I didn't know any of this stuff until I started reading I'm telling in my 30s when I was done playing football like when I really started reading books and listening to podcasts and the guy that got me started on it was Ryan Sawyer because he was kind of in that same deal. He was my D-line coach. Yeah, yeah. He broke out of the coaching world. And now he's um, doing his own professional coaching. Like, um, he's you know, one of the top guys in this area for sure. But him and his wife do it. It's called IHP. And Integrated Human Performance. Awesome. And, like, a uh, big-time mentor of mine and guy that put me onto a... He put me onto this podcast. And then I just started listening and then I started listening to the guys that he was interviewing and then I just the, the spiral dude, dude it's been
0: awesome I hope that someone listening to this literally just took that though because like yeah. that's what it all if, if people don't realize like I really told someone this I was like think about this this book that some person wrote right that's their life work mm-hmm. and that's in 200 pages so they just put decades into days and you're not gonna go in and like dive into that like it's crazy like podcasts like all that sort of stuff right that's 100% podcasts
1: consistently like with the same guy for sure because you're getting his whole life right yeah. and that's why I actually do love listening to books because books I'll, I'll listen to books over podcasts for the most part yeah, yeah yeah, I listen or mostly I just listen to books and now I'm kind of just hooked on yours your podcast I just listen to that when I'm you know when I'm not reading a book or in between books or um, and because like you said they spent so much, like they dedicated a, an entire day, maybe to a page on yeah. that book. Yeah. Like they spent so much time and effort into that thing. Like there's going to be so many nuggets that I can get from that. And it's not just off the cuff, you know, it's like they, they put a ton of time into that. And obviously people put time into podcasts, but you know, books are like, yeah, so
0: much knowledge. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Anyways, so let yeah, me, let our- me read this. No, it's all good. <laughs> I, uh, so like I said, I got this quote from that, like top 50, which is really cool that you're on that top 50 athletes, right? in big sky history. Like that was pretty sweet. But, uh, you said, uh, get to the fourth quarter and that's where you take over. Uh, It's what I've done and what I still do. I've never been the most athletic guy, but I'll work the offensive line. That's where I take advantage of him when he's tired and I'm not, I've done it in my whole career. Even if I've been unproductive for three and a half quarters at the end of the game, you can make something happen. Like that, that was freaking fire. And so when I, when I look at this, it's like, okay, what, what training, what in your, and obviously that's the mindset right there. But like, I've never heard that before. Like someone thinking like that, like, even if it's three and a half quarters, I could still do some damage in that last little bit. Like, where does that come from? And what did you do to get you to that point where you could play like that?
1: Uh Yeah, I no I definitely like, stand by that still you know and that was a that was a while ago I remember that Um, it's it started I think I I give a lot of credit to um, my coaches you know and I don't remember everything about my coaches you know in third and fourth and fifth (laughs) I don't but I do remember there was a moment in high school where I was a sophomore and I was trying to be you know get varsity playing time and like any sophomores like they want to get in and yeah and I remember and my coach- my head coach is very demanding and very structured, and we had a great um just a great uh, great culture there and it was good for, like I feel very blessed to be to walk into that, but I remember like conditioning at the end of practice and it's it's really about who who wants it right i I see a lot of things now. Like, it's not helpful, it doesn't help. You know, a lot of people say that and, and I'll never say, I'm not a black and white person at all. It's like, all right, you know, I'll say, okay, maybe, maybe that's right. But I do know that at the end of practice, after a long practice and you got a condition, it is about like, who wants it. And I remember I was a sophomore, a lineman, and I was finishing first. And we were running, you know, whatever, 60-yard sprints. And I just kept finishing first. And my head coach, uh, for the last two reps, he, like, pulled me aside. And basically in front of the whole team and was like, this guy right here just gave everything he had for these first eight reps, and he beat all of you in every single one. Like, he's sitting out these two. And, you know, I, I wasn't, at the time, I wasn't like, oh, no, coach, let me get the two. I was kind of just in shock, like, wow. Me just giving that extra effort, I just got kudos from my head coach. And as a sophomore in high school, that's a big deal to, to get that. And yeah. I, the fact that I still remember, that was 20 years ago, over 20 years ago. Still remember that moment. And it was, had nothing to do with a game or, or anything. But I think that, for me, it locked in my head. Like, I'm going to be rewarded for giving, you know, giving everything I have and pushing myself a little farther than I think I can, um, and that just, that stuck with me, and so like, as far as conditioning, throughout my entire career, I've always made it a point to be at the top, you know, for coming back, even in the pros, we're coming for, uh the 300 yard shuttle conditioning where yeah. you run two of them with a two minute break Yeah, I and they're do. checking the heart rate and you know, how fast you can recover from it. And, um, you know, always just being in the top, top three, top five on the team as a lineman. That's crazy. You know, like yeah. that, that was kind of just something that I knew for me personally, if I'm at the top, I'm going to make it. I'm going to be able to make some more plays. I'm going to be able to make this team and you know it worked. So you know, does it work like that for everybody? I, you know, Everyone's different, but for me, that's the way it worked. And I've, I, I hold true to that quote, too. I was definitely not the most talented athletic guy ever on any of the teams I had. In fact, I would say I was never the best D lineman on my team as far as um, athletic ability ever on any team. Uh, but that's where you find those small things that suck that you got to just keep doing over and over again where you you know can set yourself apart so
0: yeah so talk a little bit about that too though because it also like another uh article article I can't remember which one it was but it so it said like it was like someone said or you said that it was like pretty like bad your freshman year and you got kind of like thrown into the mix right like because the injuries or something you played as like a true freshman right mm-hmm. so how and and obviously, like, that's the thing we share in common. Like, even when I first got here, it was it was horrible. Like, <laughs> it was atrocious. But, you you know, we figured it out. So yeah. what led you to, to figuring it out? And, like, what was your – like, what led you to not be discouraged when, you know, you just were watching the film and I'm sure you're just like, Jesus, who is this? You know, like.
1: Yeah, there was uh, – I had a really – I had a coach that was really, really hard on me just because he saw potential, you know, obviously. Um, and but at the time, as a true freshman, you're like, this coach hates me. You know, I suck. He, I can't do anything right. Um, and it was almost like kind of a good cop bad cop thing because I do remember we we're in film and it was against Weber State and I was playing against a guy that ended up getting drafted like fourth round, baller. And I was you know I'm 18 years old, 200 pounds, and I was I got him a few times on a pass rush, got a QB hit. And I'm just like, all right, this is this is my time. Like, this is the play. I'm gonna get some some kudos from coach. Like, this is sweet. I'm watching it. I'm feeling good. I think one of my D linemen was like, hey, nice nice rush. You know, we're in in meetings and and then my coach just rips into me because I think I took an inside move and he's like, if you don't, you know, if he keeps the ball and runs, he's gonna get contained. And he was just so nitpicky with it. And at the, and I'm just like, I can't win. I finally make a play and I get yelled at for it. Like I haven't been told good job once this year, this is week six, Um, you know, and I'm 18. So I don't have that, I don't have big picture thinking whatsoever, I'm just right there in the moment. And coach, so coach Anna at the time was an assistant, uh, a defensive assistant and he was in our D-line room that year, my freshman year. And I remember him pulling me aside and we just had a talk down the phase hall. And he was like, hey, man, like, you're doing a really, really good job. Coach sees a lot in you. That's why he's hard on you. That's why um, he's on you with that stuff. Um, You just got to keep working, man. Like, you got a lot of potential. We see a a great future here for you. You just got to keep working. And that, I still remember, you know, that sticks with me, like, that moment, because nobody else was saying that to me. I didn't really have, I haven't made those connections yet with the, With my guys you know that i still have connections with now yeah hadn't hadn't made those yet um so that i think really helped catapult me to just keep going and keep grinding not get too down on myself because there were times in the dorm room man where i'm just like what am i doing this sucks practice sucks i get yelled at every day um i'm you know getting beat up by these guys these are these guys are huge um but yeah I think that helped a lot, but I think also if you play, if you play FCS ball and you really, you know, you're really committed to it and you really give everything, you're gonna have a chip on your shoulder. Um, Because I don't think there's many kids growing up, especially where I was from, like I was looking at UW and I'm looking at Oregon, Boise State, like I'm looking at these D1 uh, FBS, you know, powerhouse programs that, you know, that I had posters up on my wall. Um, you know, like my family's my, on my mom's side from Nebraska, I had Nebraska posters on my wall, you know, I got family sending me Nebraska shirts and you know, that type of stuff. Like you, these are the dreams you have as a kid. So I go to Eastern Washington and I'm kind of looking at some of the guys that went to UW and Oregon from high school in my area. And I'm like, I'm better than you. You know, I, I like, I can play better than you. So even though nobody was telling me straight to my face that, you know, you're not gonna make it or blah, blah, blah. In my head, I'm like, that's what everyone thinks though. Cause they didn't give me the scholarship or, you know, I, I wasn't first team all state or whatever. Um, so that's kind of how I looked at it. Like you're going and proving people wrong even if they weren't even looking to, they weren't even saying anything bad about you. You're just <laughs> yeah. like, I'm going to show you kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's another aspect for sure that definitely kept me going. And thank God I did. Because, man, I made some of the, just the best friendships and had the, some of the greatest experiences here. Um, and sometimes you just got to push through those. Because really it was a span of like four months you get on campus get through the season and then it really starts getting you know then you get into the winter ball and the spring ball and then you really start uh being a part of the whole the whole program and um but yeah you
0: just got to push through those tough times sometimes yeah yeah you're um, right and yeah. it's funny you said the dorm room I was just like mine, <laughs> mine was in the shower after <laughs> practice I would go in the shower I'd play like the same two songs and I just like I remember I haven't told anyone this but uh, a quarterback who's not with us anymore. He was like my best friend at the time. It's all good to catch on this, but uh, he, he. We were walking back, and I was like, man, I don't know. Like, if this is like, if this is for me. Like, and I'd put my whole soul into this. Or like, I just. It was just a down moment, you know. And he's like, dude, you're really gonna give up after like one bad practice, dude. Like, <laughs> you're gonna have so many bad practices. Like, whatever, right? And but. I think it's so good for for people to hear that, even just for other walks of life. Though, like, and this is where I really started to make the shift. So I went this to this Tony Robbins seminar online right in July, and this girl came on. Her name was like Siri Lindley or whatever, and she's like one of the best triathletes ever, and she was just a normal person, and she said like I was looking to get my ass kicked. I'd find anywhere where I could go and get my ass kicked. And I really thought about that, and even when I got here, first six months, first year, like. Phew, got my ass kicked, but I just grew exponentially because I was pushing further than I ever would like without that. Right. And it made me think about that too. It's like, now I'm at the point where like, obviously like I've gotten a lot better, but I just, I want to go find ways to get my ass kicked. Like I want to go to an NFL camp and like, obviously I want to do really good, but I want to go see that. And that's why we played Florida and Oregon. I was like, let's go. I want to be on that. Like number zero, Christian Gonzalez. I want to play against him. First round draft pick, like every rep I can get, you know, like. Even on special teams, I was like, every single rep is an opportunity to go like against these freak athletes, you know. So that's such a good point. It's and
1: it's like the difference between yeah going and getting your ass kicked and then actually looking for it. The faster you can figure that out, I mean, the the easier those challenges become. Yeah, those obstacles become. Then you don't even really look at them as obstacles. You see them as opportunities instead, and. I I'm so glad that you get that now at 20. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've talked, man. It For some people... And sometimes I get down on myself, like, damn, I wish I would have figured this stuff out earlier. But everyone has their time, you know, to figure that out. For me, it was around 30 Was when I realized, you know, all these things that I've looked at and that I thought were happening against me were actually happening for me. And I... I just hadn't realized that yeah you know it's great to see you understand that now and it's going to help you so much you know moving forward even after football
0: so it's good stuff yeah okay let me let me uh just ask you you know a couple last questions here because I want to be respectful of your time and I got to go swim in this lake so dude absolutely we're gonna definitely do a round two though and a, maybe I mean, anytime, even around three. This is yeah. good stuff. Yeah. You've been, you've, like, this has been great. Usually when people come on, they're so, like, I don't know, like tense or something. But, like, yeah. I don't know. I think even when you said the Joe Rogan joke, like, people get it. Like, it, when, when people are like, oh, I'm not a big podcast person. I'm like, we're just having a conversation. Yeah. And, like, that's all it is, you know. And I'm going to edit it and make you sound great. Yeah. So don't worry. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. Any one of these I've done, it's like. I probably
1: shouldn't have threw that many F-bombs, or and then they just edit it out, and I'm like, perfect, thank you
0: for that, <laughs> I do coach kids, <laughs> so, um, I'll, I'm going to ask, the, the other two questions I usually ask, I'll ask when we, when we do this again, but obviously, like, we've talked a little bit about it, but I, I want to leave people on this, like, you know, you reached a certain level of greatness with, and, and we've talked a lot about the mindset already, but in terms of the tunnel vision, I think there is a time and a place for it. And how did you, like, if, I, if you could think of like a moment or a time where you really started to tap into that and that just like, that mode and kind of, it's a little bit of like flow, right? But like where there's nothing else. Cause I don't think there's many people that, it's very rare to find people that have our issue where you need to open it up, right? And I think a lot of people need to be able to learn how to, to bring it in sometimes. Mm-hmm. So how did you do that? And, and where did that come from? Um, I, I guess it, it started in
1: uh, college for sure, going from junior year to senior year. you know, At one point, my junior year, I had a really good year. I was All-American, all American, all conference, like had you know, a ton of sacks. I was feeling very, very confident about my game. And it was that same coach that was my hard ass coach in my freshman year. And he just kept on me until finally it clicked for me. And, um, you know, he really did unlock, like, a lot for me, like, um, as far as my game goes. Uh, But from going to the point of I relied on everyone else as far as this is my mandatory weightlifting time. This is when I go eat. This is when the cafeteria is open for breakfast, lunch, dinner. Um, this is when I go to meetings this is when I watch film this is the schedule that the coach has given me and that up into that so to that point that's what I had done my entire life I'd never done anything extra outside of that and I just remember um, after that year I was back home for Christmas break and like the all-conference list came out and the all American stuff came out and I was just like wow like, I can't believe this like I'm I'm really close to achieving my dream as a kid, playing pro, and it it really um, kind of amped me up a little bit and got my my routine you know changed my whole routine from eating you know eating at home instead of at fast food and cutting out soda, uh, working out extra, getting extra workouts in uh, each day, watching film you know on my own, which I never did before. It was just at the meeting um so doing all those extra things and then the next year i was the defensive player of the year in the nation 18 yeah, sacks incredible. broke all the records like incredible. and so i looked at it and i'm like all right so i put in all this extra work i completely changed my routine and this is the result that i get from it i got to keep going <sighs> like i got to keep uh, there's i want to get more and more and my routine changed all the way up until my last year. You know, I just kept adding or subtracting whatever I felt was best for my body and um for my game, taking the things that I, you know, learned from each year and just you know, trying to mess with that and um but that's when it really started and it it got even, you know, uh even more tunnel vision each year. The the thing that I got better at though and this is something that people have to be careful of, in my opinion, is not isolating yourself too much, yeah. and don't push away the people that are there to help you and care about you. Um, you know, like it was there was a, a crossroads for sure with me and my wife because we were dating when I was uh, going into my second year, so when we started dating, and she's not like an af- athlete or anything only football games she's ever watched are the ones that I'm in, type deal. Um, so, um, you know, she, she obviously was kind of learning my deal and my, my routine, but at the same time, I needed to be, I needed to understand what hers was, and what she needed, and um, not just, you know, be so focused on what, what I was doing for me. And throughout the years, we figured that out, and thank God we did because, like, you know, life's been awesome with her as my partner. Um, but, you know, that was a big thing for me that I, that I had to, to figure out was, all right, I know exactly what I need to do as far as, you know, training and eating and, and film and, and practice and all that stuff. But I also need to make sure that I'm giving myself to the important, you know, people that are around me, yeah.
0: um,
1: you know, while I'm doing that. Um, and it's the same thing, I, I gotta do the same thing now. With business, you know, with with real estate, whatever it is, if you, you know, it's okay to be hyper-focused on something and to to accomplish your goal, but at the end of the day, like, we have to enjoy life and enjoy the things that we're doing and enjoy the people around us. Um, and that's something that I've gotten so much better at and it wouldn't have happened without my wife, for sure. Like she's a, she's a therapist. So she's, um, she's, yeah, she's been, um, working with people and helping people her entire career. That's what she went to school for and has one always wanted to do. And so she does a great job of, of even just helping me, you know, um, and bringing me back into the moment sometimes when I need to. So, uh, but yeah, that's where it started and it's, I'm still fine tuning it. And I probably will be for the rest of my life. Absolutely. But, um, but yeah, I do, I do agree with you where I think it does have to happen sometimes if you want to achieve uh, some of those really high goals that you have. Um, you just want to make sure that you're, you know, being careful with it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, dude. It's been incredible. There you guys go. I told you it was going to be a good one. And this is definitely... The first of many to come. I'm excited to do a part two with Coach Peach eventually. Like I said, please, you guys, just listening is so huge. And I appreciate your time so much. So thank you guys so much. I really try to find something you're going to take action on out of this podcast, right? Because nothing happens just from listening to something passively. Get active. Become an active learner. And take the steps to get to the life you want. Make it happen out.